T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 25 minutes from now, Scott Zolak, former Patriots quarterback, and now their color analyst and an unabashed Patriots fan and supporter and apologist who (laughs) makes me laugh. Like, normally I would call him out for a lot of these things. I think one time, no, that was Fourier we actually called out on his homerism. But I just, I I let him go. He's not as good as Zolak, though. No, I don't think so. Zolak's hilarious. Man, he's... He doesn't hide it. I kind of like that about him. Yeah. Now, are you two going to get into it a little bit with the Pittsburgh-New England thing? You want me to? I don't don't care. If I'm, I want it to happen naturally. Okay. If it would happen, I'm just curious. I'm if, interested in the Guerrero stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely one of the things that we'll get into. I was just curious to see if there was like an axe you wanted to grind with Scott Zolak's Patriot homerism. No, nah, not really. Okay. All right. Were you hoping I was going to come in here and say? A little bit. Yeah. Because you have strong takes on people like that. You have, like, I can't believe this guy. What a phony. You know, things like that. So I thought maybe. Well, if he goes that way in the interview, I'll. Right. But I just I'll, thought. I'll go levitard on him. <laughs> yes or no, please, sir. Yes or no. <laughs> um, I, I think that. How about he called him Mr. Manfred? Yeah. I mean, you like I, that? No. I think there's a reason why he's trying to show respect in a backhanded way to make him. I don't know. But, yeah, I thought that you were going to be loaded for bear with, uh, with Zolak. But you're not if if you were a born and bred Pittsburgher who was a Steelers fan, mm-hmm. I think you would, it would be with, different without a doubt. I, I think. You agree with that? Like you wouldn't be able to take like the Steelers fans, they hate the Patriots. Everything about them. And the Suburbs irony is Zolak's from, from Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's right. Zolak went to uh, the same high school as Montana. Yeah, that's right. He did. He's a Western Pennsylvania guy. His old man was like the uh, superintendent of the schools there. It's wow. Like a big deal. A suburbs kid from Pittsburgh. Yep. <laughs> suburbs kid from Pittsburgh. Who's that, Coop? <laughs> no. <laughs> Pac-Man Jones, man. Pittsburgh. Talking about Terrell Pryor, I think. I think that's what he was talking about. All right, so Ezekiel Elliott is back from his six-game suspension. He's in shape. Apparently, he went to Europe and then, like, Cabo or something. I don't know. He was working out. He was focused. He, he was... won't talk about the Cabo thing. Did yeah. you find that weird? Yeah, right. I, I don't know why he's – what he's hiding, why he's hiding it. He won't talk about a lot of things. So, you're going to hear a reporter ask him a question about the suspension and then him just basically saying, I, I'm, I'm past this thing. Let's move on. You're not going to talk about the prospect. Can you talk about what you did the last six weeks? No. The documentary and what message do you want to come across through the documentary? Just watch it. Tell me the message you get. When's it going to come out? I don't know. Can you talk about at least what went into some of your conditioning? Uh, I'm ready to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. I'm ready to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not speaking on it anymore. Why is it that you don't want to talk about that? All right, I'm done. Thank you. Odd. 
Now, I know I was on the side of Ezekiel Elliott where I, I don't know what happened between those two, but in my opinion... Between there, two? The, Ezekiel Elliott and the his accuser, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. However, to me, there was not enough evidence there that said that he should be suspended six games, and this was a classic NFL overcorrection with their domestic violence policy. So if I still believe that when I hear this, I think that Ezekiel Elliott is probably tired of this. He's annoyed. He served the suspension. He doesn't want to talk about it. He lost the battle in the court, and he wants to move on. But he can feel that way. I just think expressing it in that manner does not make him look good. I don't think it does a lot of damage or any more damage to his character or brand. But I would hope that if I was Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett, Dak Prescott, anybody important in that organization, I would be disappointed in the way he handled his first media session yesterday. Were you looking for contrition? No, I just like what why is he angry about these questions? Like I didn't need to be cuz I don't like I said I'm not sure if he did anything and he fought it and I kind of was on his side. I wasn't looking for that. What I was looking for was hey, you know, I worked out as hard as I could. I'm ready to play. You know, what'd you do in Cabo? Well, a couple days, you know, I'd work out here. I'd do a couple things, you know, but you know, just the the, the nastiness of I'm not going to answer. I'm ready to do talk about Seattle. I'm not going to answer that. Can you talk about this? No. Like what? Like what was the but point? But you don't of that? think he feels like the media helped? Like they brought attention to what happened, and therefore reporting or the way that the story was covered. He may feel helped. that way. He may feel that way. But I don't know. I don't think so because it seemed like he got a lot of support. Yeah. Through this. It seemed like more of this is I can't believe the NFL is screwing up another suspension. I'm, I don't get how you could be so open about your punishment in the form of having a film crew follow you around for the six weeks you're out. Mm-hmm. And then you show up to work for the first time and, you know, I'm not saying a word about it. Yeah, that is an Unless odd Unless he's trying to, like, I'm not telling you anything. I don't want to spoil the... The documentary that it's a real life tale you'll watch. I mean, it's a real. <laughs> it is a real life tale. I will be into it. <laughs> it's it's sort of like the way I feel about the Kardashians. Like for example, this Chloe Kardashian is having Tristan Thompson's baby. And... I wonder if they were on an ovulation calendar. <laughs> I don't know. You think she, she was... was a ten of ten when she got pregnant? Uh, probably. I would say that she seemed because she said this is the greatest thing, all she's ever wanted in an Instagram post. So she was probably on that calendar. But what drives me crazy about that is she writes in this Instagram post yesterday and this baby announced it like I know we've this has taken us a long time to announce this. We've wanted to be private about it. What in your life have you wanted to be private about? Nothing. You put everything out there and then try to hide these personal things. You can't your whole financial situation is based on having strangers yeah, I'm with you, man. into your life. I, I, I'm so with you on that. That's why if you're Ezekiel Elliott, you can't act like reporters are prying into your personal life the first day you're back practicing following a six-game hiatus. Right. When you have allowed for people to document every single step of your return. Yes. You're not a guy that can cry, leave me alone. You're the exact opposite. (laughs) And now he wants to just talk about Seattle. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I don't. Maybe, here's one thing I thought of, because we've seen this before, where there's a gaggle of reporters, and in that gaggle of reporters is someone who is highly critical of that player. 
And because that person is in the presence of that player, they shut down and don't answer questions. Like, I feel like this happens a lot mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. Like, I remember what was – somebody was really upset with the radio station. It might have been – might have even been Heinz Ward. It was Heinz. It was yeah, Heinz. Yeah, at, Heinz at, just ticked off at, at me. At you. Yeah. And, like, he wouldn't answer questions – from any of our reporters. Because of me. Because of you. Isn't that funny? I know. And that was like the first year you were there. I know. I, you I, didn't, didn't, get, get, I didn't get off on the right foot with him, huh? No. But you didn't get any backlash from him, our colleagues on that, right? Like, did they Not report? really. So, uh, if, they, if, they were pu- if they were perturbed about it, they never, like, yeah. called me out for it. But I could see that being a thing. Like, maybe there's a guy that's standing there that wrote a column about uh, Ezekiel Elliott deserved this suspension yeah. and serve it, whatever. And then that person's there, and he's in tune with that, and he's like, I'm not going to give anybody anything, and then this is what we get out of it, and now we're trying to figure out why. But it's it's very, very odd. And maybe he's just in – he might just also be like chip on the shoulder, bad mood, I'm focused to show everybody. I think he's going to come out and play really well, by the way. I think he's going to be like off the charts. Do you right think they'll the make the playoffs? I mean, there's a good chance that they run the table. There really is. I mean, this game right here, the way that that – I would feel better about it if Seattle played better last week, to be honest with you. Because they're they, can they come out and be that bad again on defense for two weeks in a row? They just had a running back go completely off in that game with Todd Gurley on Sunday. Are they- I think Seattle's packed it in. I think they realize that their run is over. I mean, they've lost so many guys. Sherman's out. Yeah, Chancellor. Chancellor's out. They haven't had a running back all year. Wagner's, Their offensive line's a mess. Wagner was, a, you know, it didn't look like he deserved to be on the field last Sunday. You got guys going into the stands. You got cheap shots late in the Rams game. You're getting destroyed by them. I think they're done. You think there's one last stand? Like there's a Waterloo moment for them on Sunday? Yeah, I think they're too prideful. To, but I where mean, was their pride against the Rams, Greg? To have it happen back-to-back weeks is what I was going to say. Okay, I can't see them falling completely apart. And it is surprising the way that they played against Jacksonville and then come out and play like that. But that game was close for a little bit, at least. The Jags game? Yeah. And this one was not, obviously, with the Rams. Do you buy into this whole, oh, the Cowboys are a team you don't want to play? No, not at all. No. <laughs> I don't. I was That's think- the cool thing to say. Oh, the Cowboys, if they get in. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, everybody's making sure that they don't see the Cowboys in that first play. Screw that. Because I, I was thinking from a Vikings perspective about if they ran the table and they were the hot team, would I be worried about Dallas. the Cowboys coming into Minnesota and playing them? I was like, no, absolutely not. No. I'll, I will say, though, that Prescott figuring it out the last couple of weeks without Zeke is a huge positive for them because I didn't know if that was possible, that he could play that well without him. Uh, and Morris, well, has he played well? He did great in the Giants game. Yeah. Last week he was okay. Yeah, Morris was running really well last week, too, for them. For, especially early on in that game. so Man, I tell you, you're good with these obscure players now because of the daily fantasy thing. Yeah, You're course. great with these guys. Of course, man. You're, you're on Alfred Morris, the Jaguars receiver who was living in his Buick. Yeah, Mickens, Jaden Mickens. Keelan Cole, too, almost 200 yards receiving. If yeah. you had to pick a team to come out of the NFC right now, who would it be? The Saints. Saints or the Vikings? The Breeze effect? Uh, there, I, I like their defense a lot when it's, I think Lattimore is a game changer for them. And the fact that they, that running game can travel and that if they don't get an NFC championship game in their house, 
and the fact that I think it's basically matchup proof. That running game to me is matchup proof with Kamara and Kamara and Ingram. And you couple that with, think about it, if they have to go to Minnesota, if they have to go to Philly, but Philly gets run up on too, though, man. They give up a lot of points. So I, it, to me, it's the to me it's the Saints. Before the Wentz injury, it was the Eagles. I was all about the Eagles. But now I would rank it Saints 1, Vikings 2, Rams 3, Eagles 4. And I was on the Falcons there for a while, too, but watching them on Monday night, I mean, they should have blown the doors off of that Tampa mm-hmm. team, and they just didn't do it. So, I yeah, I would say, what about you? Saints? I don't want to be redundant, but that's the team I would have said. Yeah. Because they remind me a lot of the last Saints team to win the Super Bowl. That New Orleans team that won it in 09 had Thomas and McAllister the same way that this team has. The, now, those two guys statistically were not as good. But if you go back and look at it as a team where they ranked as a rush offense, it was at the top of the league. It, which is ironic because everybody thinks breeze, 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 all the passing yard records, the touchdowns. But when the Saints have been at their best, they've been a run-first offense. I wonder, I'd have to look back at that defense. I know that defense was pretty good. Well, they were paying guys to right. decapitate. Right, I know, I know. This is true. Right. Did but, you think that was a big deal, by no, the way? No, I didn't. I did not think that was a big deal. I mean, I didn't. I was more upset at the time because the Vikings were involved, I think, and I was still, like, fresh off of that horrible NFC Championship loss, and it bothered me a little bit. But, mm-hmm. no, I didn't. And I... I Maybe a bigger deal than maybe a bigger deal than the deflated footballs with the Patriots. That to me was the biggest farce out of any of these things. You know who else feels that way? Scott Zolak. Scott Zolak, yeah. Who will join us in about ten minutes? Uh, that Saints defense, two thousand nine point uh scoring defense was twentieth in the league. It's not good. No, it's not. What total, about yards? Total defense? Uh, I'm going way down here to find him. I think. Wow. Um, where do you go to look up this stuff? By the way, you got to go to uh, 25th, 25th. You go NFL. That's really not good. Yeah, NFL.com is the best way to do it because it gives you like the drop down of all the years too. Like if that would for 25th stats, for yards. Team stats always NFL.com. Player stats, pro football. You reference. get caught up in this like analytics and like advanced stats stuff. You not, do any of that? Not in football. No, no. In basketball and baseball, sure. Like pace, that whatever that Erlinger stat is that they do. What's that name of that stat? The pace stat in basketball. The like, Erlinger, something like that. They got they got a name for it. Hold on, uh, Erlinger. It's something like that. Have oh. you ever said that on the air before? Right now, no, Erlinger, no. It's like McCluthernus. <laughs> Hollingers. Hollinger, Dave Hollinger, yeah. John Hollinger. Hollingers, not Erlinger. Hollinger. Like that stat, the pace stat I'm into. I think NBA analytics are fascinating. Corner threes. Yeah. Uh, especially, though, you know, teams that go up and down. Like the worst, who do you think the slowest team is? In the NBA? Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I always think of Minnesota as a slow team. They are. They don't shoot, all, they don't shoot any threes. They At are. least they didn't last year. I think they were dead last. They, they're not that bad, Minnesota. Where are they? The they're slowest? 20th. Okay, who's last? Memphis. Yeah, I should have said them. Sacramento, San Antonio, Memphis. The top three? You got to guess on the top three? Fastest? Yeah. I mean, the logical pick is Houston, Golden State, and somebody else. Golden, oh, Denver. Golden State, five. 
Where's Denver? Denver is 14. Oh, man. Houston, 8. Who's, who are the top three? Lakers, Suns, 76ers. Interesting. I'm, man, the other the kid from Utah is a monster for them. For the Lakers. He's a... You oh, want to talk yeah, yeah, about yeah, a yeah, daily right, fantasy right. guy. Yeah. Cosma? Yeah, yeah, Paul Kuzma. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I played him last night. Kyle. Kyle? Oh, Kyle. I was a Paul. See, again, Mike, that's why you'd be good in this chair. I'm sorry. Chiming in with stuff like that. We really butchered, butchered that one. You said Cosma. I said Kyle. <laughs> Kyle Cosma. I mean, Paul. I said Paul, right? Who's Paul Kuzma? You think maybe you're thinking of Pete Cosma? You know what? There, you know what's crazy? Isn't there a there was a guy? I think there was a guy who disappeared from Pittsburgh who had that name. Pete Cosma? No, no. Uh, a, that's where I think I got that from. Honestly, because I followed that like story. a missing persons alert kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, there's a serial killer on the run in Pittsburgh. People don't know about it. Post Gazette's doing a, a whole uh, oh, I know. thing on it. So I think that's yeah, fascinating. Here, hold on. See. Did you pound on that keyboard louder just for the sound effect of it? Was that done no, intentionally? No, no. Yeah, I'm not sure what that guy's name was, but I was trying to cover my, at least have a reason for bringing that up. It's got to be a reason why. But yeah, I played him last night, that guy. Didn't I? Mike? You did. Yeah, you had like 57 fantasy Mike, points. are you in on this league? I am, yeah. Mike's really good at it. He's better than me in basketball. There's no doubt about it. I've had a bad How much year. time you spent studying? I just watch a lot of basketball, so I can't answer that. So you don't ha- you don't go by like a cheat sheet or something when you're putting your roster I do together? the day of on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at some notes, but you have to just go with your gut a little. 55, yeah, 38 points last night. So you don't strike me as a go-by-the-gut guy, Greg. I feel like you got a system. Uh, the gut's the tiebreaker. But you, know? you do have a system? Oh, yeah, without a doubt, of course. Matchups, home road stuff. See, Mike just says he's going right off of this gut. I watch games. That's all I'm well, not I, I do look at the matchups and I see what's going on. Hey, I'm not he's just, not. I mean, he's, he's not I am going. doing my homework. Yeah, he's, sure. not, he's not going. Is there guy. stuff in a spreadsheet? That's my question. There is not. No, I, I can figure you? out how no. to do a spreadsheet. No, no, no. I have not been as, I'll, I'll admit, I have not been as into the NBA yet. Started too early. Last year we started our NBA like in January or February. No, we started at uh, two weeks before Thanksgiving. Really? Mm-hmm. You sure about that? I'm positive. Huh. Or maybe the week, bef- the week before Thanksgiving. It wasn't... But it wasn't right in the very beginning of the season. No, we waited okay. five, six weeks. All right. Then that makes me feel a little bit better. It wasn't January or February, but my mind's as bad. My memory's as bad as Brian's these days. I don't know what the hell's going on. It's not good. Can't remember anything. Maybe more stuff's happening to me. Maybe I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm having a tough time remembering stuff. Really? Yeah. It's, a, it's weird. I don't know. I can't remember things. Like important though. stuff? No, not important stuff, because that's not that important. But I'm, like, wrong about a lot of details of when they happened. Like stuff we were doing these trivia questions, and I had like no idea half the half the answers, and then some of them would come right to me. It's very odd. I think when you get older, it's just more crap your brain gets filled with, and things go by the wayside. I'm not worried about it. It's just not yeah. fun. All right, Scott Zolak, bogus update. We're coming right back. This is Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. What's happening, Bogus? Guys, the Wofford Terriers shocking the college basketball world with a 79-75 win at number 5 North Carolina last night. Head coach Mike Young then celebrated on our Pharrell on the bench. John Jastrzemski asked what coach told his team pregame that spurred it to the huge upset. You know, nothing. Go, go, you know, lay your ears back and play. <laughs> wow, coach, that's amazing. Wow. North Carolina. Bro, what an amazing win, bro. 
I had you plus 24 and a half. <laughs> Oh, he's even got the hand yeah. down. When you wake up tomorrow, you get the bagel, you get the coffee, you're looking at the newspaper, you're thinking, wow, bro. In 2017. What a day. Yeah. yeah. What a day. What a, not a bad Thursday morning. Am I right? I'll tell you a day you won't soon forget. December 20th, 2017. <laughs> Hour 22 of the day. John Jastrzemski. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing that the other day that I thought he was doing it on purpose. Like every third sentence, like in 2017, <laughs> in this NFL season. Hour so, number two. It's so dramatic. Of this Thursday program. Zistransky, but congrats. You thought, you thought it was going to be a slow night in sports, not a lot going on. A <laughs> couple of NBA games here, a <laughs> couple of college basketball games there, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. <laughs> in 2017 and then little Wofford sneaked into <laughs> the Dean Dome oh my God. folks that's why we love sports because <laughs> of nights like this JJ After Dark folks is such a him thing too folks that's why we watch this. <laughs> oh, you know God. get off your Twitter get off your Instagram <laughs> Get in front of the television, you sit down, you get your soda, you get your beer, you get your nachos. (laughs) You tell the wife, go away for a little bit. Be like, I got this. We'll do something tomorrow. You know, maybe you thought it was a night. Get caught up on some shopping. And you settle in. (laughs) You settle in. It's the beauty, folks, of college basketball. You just never know. (laughs) You never know in 2017, soon to be 2018. John Jastrzemski. 877-337-6666. Hour number three coming up of show number four. Hey, Coach, you did a tremendous job tonight. (laughs) Year number five of my career in (laughs) year 28 of my life. Year number 28. Hey, happy birthday, John. How old are you, man? Year number 27. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm dying. And away we go. Zistransky? All right. Uh, congrats to JJ, by the way. Yeah, that's right. He's got yeah, a John. new gig. That's why we just celebrated him. Yeah. Good for him. All right, so fourth-ranked Duke uh, beat Evansville last night, 104-40, and number 25 Creighton blew out USC Upstate, 116-62. The Frisco Bowl sadly was a dud with La Tech hammering SMU 51-10. Tonight, if the Rose Bowl is the granddaddy of them all, what's the bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl? Uh, that's Temple and Florida International in lovely St. Petersburg. The Houston Rockets win streak dying at 14 thanks to the Lakers and a 122-116 final in Houston. James Harden scored 51 in the loss. The Warriors down the Grizzlies 97-84 for their 10th straight win. Seven in a row for the Bulls, 112-94 over Orlando. The T-Wolves won in Denver, and it sounded so good. Off a town screen, Butler pulls up 21-footer on the way. Oh, he got it again! Jimmy Butler in clutch time has put the Wolves up 108-102! He has been sensational in clutch time in this month. Ooh, you know, hasn't been sensational as that engineer. <laughs> God. That's <laughs> just atrocious. 
Uh, Alan Horton on T-Wolves Radio, Butler and Carl Anthony Towns each had 25 and a 112-104 victory in OKC. All thunder against the Jazz. Russell slashes base on a step, elevates and thunders down a right-hand windmill. Cock it up behind your right ear and rock it, Russell Westbrook. The crowd is electrified. Watch Baby yourself. steps, Matt Pinto on Thunder Radio. Uh, 24 from Westbrook, 18 apiece from Paul George and Carmelo Anthony in a 107-79 route of the Jazz. The New York Giants expected to interview ESPN analyst Lewis Riddick for their GM job today. The Rams have placed Pro Bowl kicker Greg Zerline on IR. He's having back surgery today. Guys? Thanks, Bogish. Joining us right now, Scott Zolak, Patriots color analyst on their radio network. Former quarterback, of course. Scott, good morning. Thanks hey, for joining Scott. us. How are you? What's up, man? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, Everybody man. Good? Yeah, yeah. Everything's really good. And I, uh, to me, uh, people are making a huge deal out of this Guerrero not being allowed around the the facility as much, not going on the trips. Of course, Brady's trainer we're talking about, and Belichick sort of banning him. Uh, is it a big deal to you this, this the new rules for Guerrero? Nah, not as long as uh, the team plays well and there's no risk within. And obviously, I think some lines have been drawn. And you know, I don't know if this is a rift with the medical or you know, you have an issue with another player. But, I mean, Thomas used Alex forever. Um, he can just still, still see he plays at such a high level. You know, and that's his new lifestyle. That's, uh, I think that's going to be the next phase of his life after football as to you know, how he's going to take care of his body and, sort of teach people the way that, you know, he can still do it at 40. Scott, what's Alex Guerrero's official role with the Patriots? What does he do? He doesn't really have an official role. I mean, he's not listed on anything. He's been on the sidelines. He's traveled with the team before. But he's just Tom's personal assistant. And uh, I don't know. I guess you could call him his, uh, his masseuse. If, if Brady likes this guy and they've got a you know business plan together and life during football and after football, what what do you think led the Patriots to say, with all that being said about these two guys, it's best if we leave this guy behind for games? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, you know, when, when, when Tom's right, everything's right, right? Yeah, that's you what really I would think. I don't want to disrupt that. You know, it's just the rhythm. He's so maniacal his approach. You know, he's there at 5.30 every day. Um, he's beating all the young guys in, and he's still doing this, and he still has that fire. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, I think it's if you've got other guys going to him and using him and then maybe coming back into the building and said saying that I don't want to do A, B, C, or D because this guy said that it would benefit me to do it a different way. I think that's where you would have an issue. I don't know if that's the case. You, know, you just have to assume because, you know, obviously he's still allowed to treat Tom and deal with Tom, but I just think he's – He's pulling back on taking care of some of the other guys. You mentioned as long as there's not a rift there, then everything should be okay. Sure. Uh, I can't imagine that these two, with all the time they spent together, that this would be that devastating to Brady where you would hold a grudge against Belichick. They're too close to have something be driven between them, especially at this point in the season, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been around these guys for a long time. All they want to do is win, and it's just win at all costs. I just think it's Tom looking for that extra edge. You know, not that he's taking anything or doing anything, but, hey, you know, at 40, when you take hits the way he does, you know, you're still sore on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and it's just the ability to flush those muscles out. And just if you mentally feel better, you guys know, like, you know, when you get out of the shower in the morning, nice hot shower, it wakes you up, it gets you going. And I'm sure, you know, if anybody's had a massage, I mean, you, you feel pretty damn good coming out of there. 
Scott, is this Belichick's decision or Kraft's, both? Who do you think made the ultimate call here on this guy? I think Bill makes all decisions. Hmm. Well, that answers that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, this is Bill's team, and if things are going to be done, Bill's going to make every single decision regarding it from a football standpoint. I think you know, Mr. Kraft's done a really good job with the family allowing you know, Bill to, to run things his way. And I think they have a great working work relationship and respect for each other. Scott, what do you make of the Steelers fans out there who are saying the reason why they lost the game is because of the ridiculous Jesse James call? I feel like the Steelers got robbed in that game on Sunday. Is that fair foul? Should they feel that I way? Mean, <clears throat> they've been calling it that way now for a couple of years. It's you know, you, If he was making a football move, and I thought initially, that's a bang-bang play for me. We're all taught at a very young age. My dad was my coach. Hey, man, when you get that ball and you're near that goal line, break the plane. All you got to do is break that initial plane, and then everything's off the table. But we had this situation in the jet game where Malcolm Butler punched the ball out over top of the pylon. The Patriots ended up getting the ball on a touchback instead of it being, <clears throat> excuse me, a jet touchdown. And, I mean, you look at the Des Bryant play, you know, the playoffs up there in Green Bay, I thought that was a catch. They, they want to take the human element out of it, you know, the indecision or the error there to where it's so black and white. And I just think, you know, we got to train young players that take care of the football, make sure you secure it when you go to the ground. Because anytime you hit that ground, that ball comes out, that's going to be an incomplete pass 100% of the time. They got the rule right on the call. But I just, you know, being a football guy, I just think that's a bang-bang play. Gio Jones, it's Scott Zolak of the Patriots Radio Network, former Patriots quarterback. Uh, how do you look at the Steelers? you look at them as a real threat or a team that's just never going to be able to get over the hump against the Pats? No, I think it's a two-team. I think it's a two-team race in the AFC. I think it's New England and Pittsburgh. I got a lot of respect for Pittsburgh. You know, with the quarterback, you know, been through for 500 yards the week before, and they just have such good skill people. Um, they're doing some things different uh, defensively, but not a ton. Um, I think the front is better than the secondary, but I think I think Pittsburgh's got extreme high end talent. They could they could beat you any day, and uh, whether you have to go back down there, whether they're going to have to come here through the playoffs, you know, you know, we'll talk about it that week. But I think Pittsburgh sure as heck has a, has the ability to beat New England. Scott, the way they handled those last couple plays after the Jesse James call got overturned, you put that on the coaches, you put that more on the quarterback. Ben said they didn't have two plays ready when they took the field after. The call got overturned. To me, that's more on the coaches than anybody else. What's your spin on it? Well, I mean, you got a quarterback that's played a ton of games, too. I mean, Ben's a veteran. He's got to understand that situation. We would practice that back in the day with Parcells and Belichick. You know, it's that fake clock play. And the problem I have with it was where it was thrown, you know, in the middle of the field. That should probably be a fade route so that either your guy gets it or nobody else gets it. Back corner of the end zone, make a great catch or it's getting thrown out of bounds. And I think that takes some of the error out of it. I put it on Todd Ailey and, and Roethlisberger. I think, you know, Tomlin was hurt saying, hey, guys, I want to do one play here if this thing does not get overturned. We, we, we want to take one more shot at it here uh, before we kick that field goal to go to overtime. Because really, I mean, worst thing that should happen down there is you go to overtime. Yeah. Did you see Garoppolo being this good this quick for the 49ers? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's good. He's a different player than Tom. Um but he's real compact. The ball comes out well. He's a good learner. It's just, you know, when you go in there midseason and hurry up and try to pick up a different offense, um, you know, that's a tough thing to do and to have that type of impact. We always knew Jimmy was going to be good. Um, but you know, I go back to August when it was Brady, Jimmy, and Brissett, you know, here in camp. And now you got all three guys starting for different teams in the league. So they, they've done a pretty good job 
addressing that position, but you can't keep everybody on the same team. The money just doesn't work. Scott, what's the Patriots' one Achilles heel? What's their weakness? Third down defense right now. You know, the ability to get off that field, uh, whether it's third and six, third and seven, third and ten, third and one. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, I think they were uh, 11 or 14 at one yeah. point uh, in that game. And, you know, just couldn't take their uh, foot off the gas. And that was that was part of the problem. But I think right now third down defense for New England is a problem in injuries. They, I just don't think they can survive any more injuries at any position. Do you think that if Chris Hogan doesn't get right, that's going to be a big problem for them offensively? Because I see when, you know, Gronk's out, that's a big deal. Uh, but the Hogan injury, I just feel like when Hogan's out, Cooks just becomes a better player. Uh, is that an injury that you're going to keep an eye on on, on offense or not? Yeah, cause Chris is a really good possession guy. Uh, and he's, he's a strong receiver. And he'll fight for the ball. It's just when you have everybody out there, it takes, takes the pressure off everybody else. You know, all of a sudden, Cooks becomes your three instead of your two. Right? The big one, though, is Gronk. And we saw that you know, when you didn't have it in Miami and how that affects an offense and coverage. Um, but when you have Gronkowski, Hogan, and Cooks out there, especially the two backs, uh, Deion Lewis and James White, you can flex either of those guys out. And both those guys can run routes as receivers. and They're tough to cover when they're at full health, and I think that's the biggest thing moving forward. Scott, do you hear that story about a Pittsburgh radio host that said Brady was basically Barry Bonds and Lance Armstrong? Did you, did you hear about that? I, I kind of heard something about that. I mean, we, we've been hearing this forever. Yeah. You know, he was on the, what, in his uh, Rolodex and all this and that. They're from yeah. the same damn high school out there, you know, San Mateo. Um, I don't know. When, when you're that good, people are always looking, you know, to do something to whack it out. And yeah. uh, I don't put much stock in that. Scott, thanks for the time thanks, as always. Scott. We appreciate it. All right, guys. You guys have a great holiday. All right, you, you, too. you too. Scott Zolak, uh, Patriots Colorado. Very subdued today, Scott. What were you hoping for? Oh, he gets fired up, man. The calls are just he, – he comes up with uh, – he just kind of just makes noises or says words that are almost non sequiturs. Yeah. That aren't really football relevant. He just – they pop into his head. Like, I think he screamed unicorn one time when Brady <laughs> threw a touchdown pass. Well, the two things I thought I was going to take the bait on were – the Steelers fans and their reaction to the Jesse James play, saying they got robbed. Yep, I thought he yep. was going to go off on that. Then your last I went question. Back at, I went back for more. I tried. Yeah, and he didn't. He just didn't have it today. I don't know what it was. I, may, I don't know. Didn't want to make waves. I guess not. I, I guess not. Who knows what was going on with him. But I thought he was just going to slam people like he usually does. All right, That's what we wanted. That is, is what we wanted on this Thursday morning. <laughs> As we wrap up our number three. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. One of the first things that Andrew brought up this morning we were talking about the show was, did you hear the final call Mm -hmm. of the Wofford College play-by-play man after this game? Ended and I, you know, I said, or as it was ending, and I, I said, no, I hadn't heard it. So I was saving it to get my reaction on the air to hear how small town, small time, Wofford College, how the man who has been the play-by-play man there, how he handled this tremendous moment for the program. Biggest moment. Wofford has to inbound the ball. Seventy-nine, seventy-five. Wofford leading it. Nathan Hoover. Look at, uh, look at Roy Williams. Roy Williams already meeting with Mike Young. Hoover inbounds the ball. That's it. The Wofford Terriers have just knocked off 
the defending national champion, North Carolina Tar Heels. What a night to be a Terrier. Biggest win in school history. And I'm going to be honest, I'm as stunned as the 18,000 people who might have been in here tonight. What a great night for Mike Young and his program. 79-75. Wofford has just beaten the Tar Heels of North Carolina. Is he getting choked up there at the end? It was shaky. I mean, he started shaking a little bit. It sounded like he was getting choked up. If he were enterprising and was still looking to climb the ladder, that should be his clip. Right. That should be his thing. Yeah, I wonder if he thought he did a good job with that. I mean, because to me, he just sounds like a low-level play-by-play guy who got emotional over that victory as a sort of a fan, too. But I wonder if he thought he did a nice job with that. What a night to be a terror! (laughs) What a great night for Mike Young and his program. 79-75. Wofford has just beaten the Tar Heels of North Carolina. North Carolina. That's, by the way, courtesy courtesy of the Wofford IMG Sports Network. His name is Mark Hauser. I'm looking at Mark's LinkedIn page right now. Oh, yeah? What else does he do? He has been, well, I'll tell you what he's doing now. He's been the Wofford voice for 25 years. Wow. Older guy. Doesn't sound like an older guy. Did Greenville Braves baseball for 14 years. What a night to be a Brave. North Carolina. Carolina. Graduated from Ithaca College in 1982. Oh, how about that? I went to Ithaca for a couple years, hated it. <laughs> Carolina. He used it to uh, propel himself to Wofford <laughs> basketball and football play-by-play. So he's an older guy still doing this, huh? Wofford. I mean, that to me, that's the interview today. Mark Hauser, you've been Wofford's basketball play-by-play guy for 25 years? <laughs> you waited 25 years for this, and that's your call? <laughs> What a great night for Mike Young and his program. Oh, you got 79-75. Wofford has just beaten oh, the come Tar on. Heels of North Carolina. Mark, you've been calling Wofford games for a quarter century, and that's... Yeah, right. Like, he should just be going off in that situation. Take that, Roy Williams, you uppity son of a gun. <laughs> what a night to be a terrier. <laughs> hey, Roy. Suck on this. <laughs> I would have preferred that. And then I love the, the color guy. Look at Roy Williams. Look at him over there. Look at him. He's all upset and stuff. Look at Roy Williams over there. Biggest win in school history. <laughs> He's got job security. That's clear. So he can pretty much say whatever he wants there. How about say something that is so either like maybe out of bounds that it's getting played everywhere today. Get yeah. yourself noticed, Mark Hauser. This is... This could have been your meal ticket. He obviously doesn't think that way if he's been in that job for a quarter of a century. He's not thinking upward mobility. How long would it have taken you to say, maybe this isn't for me? If I was doing, if I was stuck in that job? If you were well, doing Wofford basketball. And you went to Ithaca College, so it's not like you grew up as... Uh... Yeah. Oh, man. I don't I mean, if I'm really enjoying it, uh, and financially, I'm okay. Go. Here we go. I would probably still do it. Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. I, why? What do you don't? You're you think giving me the politically correct? I'm, no, I'm not. There. I'm trying to think about. There is no way. 
But I, I'm wired a certain way where I wouldn't be able to do it. But, I mean, maybe he's – maybe Mark Hauser is happy when he gets paid enough and he's got another gig. Maybe this isn't his Did only he sound thing. happy enough on that call? He what said, a night to be a terrier. Terrier. <laughs> maybe he's not in good health, you know? And this is – he can't – he doesn't want to move. And that's the best he can do. Yeah, that's that's all he's got is that. He's getting choked up at the end because he's, like, ill, you know, and then – he doesn't think he'll ever see this again. I think again. that choked up should have been at the beginning of the call. If he breaks down into tears and can't even get himself through the final call, I'd like that. Because that would show you, wow, this guy's been doing this job for a long time. Even though it's his job to accurately kind of illustrate what's happening here, he can't even bring himself to do it because he's so overwhelmed and overcome <laughs> with emotion right now. I can't do it. Cletus. <laughs> I can't. North Carolina. Take take it over, buddy. This is too much for me to take. North Carolina. That was pretty cheesy. Carolina. You think he did an extra enunciation there to to what exactly? To drive home the point that they won the game? I guess so, yeah. That was what he was thinking. Do you think he scripted it? No. Clearly not. I hope not. (laughs) Listen, if he thought about that... And because the, Nance would do that for big games, oh, right? Yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> he definitely... He, he really he thinks about that stuff long ahead of time. Yeah. This was Mark Hauser's Do You Believe in Miracles moment. And he blew it, you're saying. <laughs> he totally blew it. That's what you're saying? Do you're you going, think he nailed it? He didn't, he didn't nail it, but I think you're expectations for a man who's been the Wofford basketball play-by-play right. play guy. My expectation for... is your school has never experienced something like this. Act like it. Yeah. Well, maybe that was him Don't acting like Don't let the color guy walk all over <laughs> you and talk about Roy Williams walking out to center court. <laughs> Look the Wofford Terriers have just knocked off the defending national champion, North Carolina Tar Heels. <laughs> That's, he was, well, he was fired up there. What would you give it on a scale of 1 to 10? 3. No more than a 4. Maybe if I hear it again, I'd give him a bump it up to a 4 with his... He was giving a little of that. Carolina. What did you think, Mike? What do you give it? I was going to say 3 as well. It was terrible. (laughs) Mike's done some play-by-play. He did play-by-play for Virginia baseball. It called a perfect game. Yep. Voice cracked. Would you say that's your claim to fame at the moment? No. In my career? Yeah. Yes. I think it's it's not Maybe, yes. it's not asking Bob Baffert which one of the horses he trained had the biggest penis. Oh, that's up there too. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, it's perfection. That's Mike. It's perfection. That's him. Yeah, he went up to Bob Baffert, and it was Bob Baffert and his wife with a microphone. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna need to hear more about this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Did it at the Super Bowl a couple of years Let's ago. Table that for tomorrow. Thanks to Scott Zolak, Andrew Filipponi, who will be back tomorrow. Mikey B, Petey Meats, Bogish, Jackalone. Talk to you tomorrow. Gio and Jones with Filipponi on CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.